everyone and welcome to the Information Entropy Podcast, where we take subjects and try and create some order from the disorder. More likely we create more disorder along the way. If you'd like to follow us, you can find us on Twitter at Information Entropy Pod, but actually that's Info Entropy Pod. Tom, you'll correct me, I did that last week. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Information Entropy Pod, and we're on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcasts, you can find us. It's all good. If you have a second to give us a rating, that helps us out incredibly so. It does wonders for us. We appreciate it. Let's crack into the podcast. We are returning to simulation theory as it's such a large topic to discuss. And we got sidetracked from by the amazing uh, news from the James Webb Telescope. You Just I think you'll forgive bit. us. Just <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. bit. Just a little bit. I'm sure you can forgive us for that. Um, yeah, my name is Ben Trigatti. I am joined, as per usual, by Tom Jenks. Hi, Tom. How's it going? Hello. Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Not too bad. Slowly habituating to the weather that is Italy. Ah, uh, yeah. As as someone that's had, like, been in a, a, a major city from, like, the, the hottest point on records, first red alert heat for the UK, it's not been nice. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, it's been a bit, a bit, bit, been a bit hot, hot and warm, hot and warm. Hot. Yeah, first yeah. ever recorded forty degrees was here in the UK, wasn't it? It was. It was over London Way. Um, yeah, we only got. I think there's a part of Bristol that got to thirty-eight, but for us over over this side, I'm not gonna dox myself. Um, we only got to like thirty-six. I say only. It got to thirty-six. It was unbearable. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Um, do, do you know, this is going to be a very nostalgic smell for if you had them. Uh, scale electrics. Did you, ha- did you have scale electrics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, do you know if you like whizzing, whizzing it round a bit too much, the, the controllers started to give off a smell as like yes. the, the connections. Oh, wow, right. I've forgotten about that. <laughs> that's, that's a nostalgic smell for everybody that can remember it. My fan was making that smell <laughs> and then oh, pushing no. it towards me because it was on all day and then we tried to have it on at night because so we went to bed at 12 because it was uncomfortable we couldn't sleep so we went to bed later thinking it's going to be a bit cooler we went to bed and it was 29 degrees which is just awful for if you don't know in like british bedrooms especially attic rooms that just don't don't lose heat whatsoever there was yeah. no breeze there was no nothing to even move the air around. And then we woke up at 29 degrees. So it was 29 degrees all night. It was just the worst thing I've ever experienced trying to sleep. Ugh. Yeah, that sounds nasty. Like when you have to take a towel to bed, it's a bit ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> like, I uh, got, my, got my pillow, got my duvet, check, check. Have I got my towel? Check. Yeah. So get a little rubber ducky as well. Well, Douglas Adams would be pleased, if no one else. Yes, indeed he would. Awesome. Uh, I just want to apologise in case this Pow. is slightly echoey. Uh, I'm in another place. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, this this podcast has been on, a bit on tour for me so far. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, if the acoustics are once again subpar, um, apologies. But yeah, not much I can do for now. You can get a mattress and like put it against the wall. I could get some dampeners. 
Do it. Start recording now, and the AC is off. So if this microphone goes down, the AC is going back on. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Fair indeed. Um, all right. So last week we got a bit sidetracked by the news, but I think, as you said, absolutely, completely, fully justified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. James Webb Space Telescope. Those pictures are only going to come out once, and they did. Um, <laughs> since then, though, another picture's come out. I don't know if you saw. I did, yeah. Of Jupiter, absolutely stunning. Um, but if you're more interested, if you're interested in that, sorry, then I'm going to refrain from giving much more about it in the hope so we don't get fully sidetracked by James Webb again. Um, as you said, simulation theory slash hypothesis, I think we 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 said last week, is a large topic, but we, maybe we could have covered it. <laughs> Yeah. Had the news not been so exciting. Um, but yeah, we're here. We'll get it done today, uh, I'm sure. But uh, before we do that, any news cropped up on your radar this week that's worth sharing? Yeah, there there is. There's, aside from uh, the news that... Did you, did you see the James Webb telescope got damaged? Oh, I did. The micro-meteorites, or meteors... Space space rocks, micro space rocks dented one of its it's like C nine one of its uh, plates. Um, yeah, what a shame! It is it is it is a shame. But the, the, the I, I was reading a bunch of articles and a lot of them came. The scientists pretty much came back and said one of the things is damaged, but it's not going to impede a lot of the stuff that they want to do with it. Okay, yeah, well, because that's good. like the other sensors, like the infrared sensors and all that jazz, are fine, and they can use some of the other plates to like triangulate it correctly. Still, okay. Well, that's good. It's just yeah, unfortunate like- it happens. So you know, what? if this has happened in a, a couple of years or towards the end of its cycle, you'd be a bit like, oh well, it lasted well, but it's just been turned on. Yeah, which is yeah. a shame. It's a shame. But a risk. These things yeah, happen well, in space. Especially, especially in space when you've got just stuff floating around. That wasn't my science news. My science news was about crying. Ah, oh, well, yeah, we need to do that at least once a day. What? A day? Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, the amount of perspiration. I don't think I need to, to cry to lose any more. Um, no, a new technology uh, has been developed that allows scientists, doctors, chemists, whoever, to be able to spot diseases using teardrops. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So with a, with a few drops, uh, the new technique can spot eye diseases and even glimpse signs of um, diabetes, which is pretty damn cool. That's very interesting. <clears throat> so this comes out of Wenzhou Medical University in China from a biomedical engineer named Fei Lu and they are their team. Um, they said they wanted to be able to demonstrate the potential of using tears to detect diseases. Uh, and it's possible for that droplets could open a window for scientists to peer into the entire body, he says, and one day even lets people quickly test their tears at home using special devices. Like uh, saliva, urine, tears contain tiny sacs stuffed with salient messages a very simplified way of saying all the stuff that's in there and all the stuff that it contains that could be used because we do use you do urine tests and you swab the mouth that is like the two things that you do 
I think like punching someone to like get them to cry, maybe on like the risk maybe don't do that. This is what I was going to ask. I was going to ask, is there a standard method to get tears from people or is it just like, you know, patient by patient, it's going to become like Monsters Inc. You know, yeah. you study your patient, pop, what are their fears, clowns, okay. And you just pop out the cupboard like a clown. I was thinking more like getting something to like mentally than rubbing it under the eye. Like getting some like deep heat and putting it under the eye. Oh, you can get freeze. a Vicks rub, can't you? Yeah, put yeah, under yeah. Your nose, and it makes, right? it just like, now, if I imagine makes, if you put that under your eye, that would give yeah. it a good old sting. Yeah, a little, a little yeah. Um, toothpaste in the eye. Toothpaste. <laughs> um, so these sacs are called uh, exosomes, uh, and they're normally quite tricky to uh, collect. So unlike fluid from other body parts. Uh, like only a little bit comes from the eye, so that's why they wanted to like get this down. So the new way of capturing the sacks, they obviously they got some some participants that again they didn't actually like describe <laughs> how they got the tears. They just like, onions. Got some, yeah, chopping onions. Would that affect it though? Because would that because that the particles go into your eye and that was that what makes you cry. So would would it like ruin their right, test but results? Then you'd be like, oh, look, there's a piece of onion in here. Let's just ignore that bit. Okay. But I'm just saying, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I imagine. So then once they have the tears, the team adds a solution containing the tears to a, v- a device with two nanoporous membranes, uh, vibrated the membranes, and sucked out the solution uh, through it, through the, the membranes, that is. Uh, and within minutes, the techniques lets small molecules escapes, escape, leaving the sacs behind for closer analysis. Oh, okay. So they're getting rid of everything that isn't those sacs, yeah, essentially. essentially so uh, any, even if you did use like onion air, right, the, the chemical <laughs> yeah, that particles. onions let off that makes you cry, yeah, um, they wouldn't be in. The, they wouldn't be there. I don't think. Yeah. So yeah, uh, oh, that's very cool. Yeah, the results gave a uh, scientists an. I fall. <laughs> um, wow. So <laughs> there's different types of dry eye diseases shed their own molecular footprints in people's tears. This is what the team has already found using the, the new technique. Um, so what's more is that tears could potentially help doctors monitor how patients' diabetes are progressing. And that's very closely linked to... I know they're developing a contact lens that's got a blood sugar tester in it for people with diabetes so they don't have to put those um, little machines on their side that are constantly testing it. Okay. Yeah. That's there, there, cool. there's, there's two. There's one that does the testing and there's, there's, an, like, there's, an, there's an insulin pump and there's one that does the testing. And currently they are designing a method to they're both connected so it will regulate your insulin so it's not like you've oh wait i've just eaten a sugar time for me to jab myself like it automatically regulates your your levels for you which is a a lot safer you're going to get a lot less peaks and troughs like you're not going to overdose yourself underdose yourself depending on what you've eaten and it means you then you don't have to track uh, you have to be like oh i've eaten chips this many carbs that means i need this many sugars this means i need this much insulin like you don't have to work it out yourself it just does it um but it can be a bit invasive because i think it like it does stab a needle into you that is constantly there 
So this right, eye contact lens. Yeah, yeah. And you have to take them off and put them back on every, I don't know how long it is. I think it's like three months or so. But yeah, this contact lens, a lot less invasive, can't see it. And I think a lot more accurate as well. So, yeah. That's mad. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yes, it is cool. Yeah. Rule of Unlike cool. Unlike us. How dare you? <laughs> I meant temperature-wise. It was, oh, okay. I think you meant like, wow. oh, mate, you, you are, you're cool as fuck. Don't you worry about it. Just two weeks ago, I was playing D&D. &D. What are you talking about? Like. <laughs> the coolest of them all. Yeah. Only cool people um, play D&D. Yeah. Well, it's true. And everyone knows that now. Yeah. Now that like Stranger Things are so popular, everybody knows that. Everybody knows. And it wants to be part of the Hellfire Club. But no, we got there first. It's full. Yeah. And then you can join. No, yeah, that's that's, that's jokes. No, that's true. We welcome all. Come play D anD D. Right. So my news is yeah. that all plankton are about to die out. Oh, you know what's interesting about that news? So said the Sunday Post in Scotland, but it's yeah. bullshit. It's fake news. Um, it's very interesting because I thought it'd be a bit a little lesson that we haven't done on this podcast yet. I'm pretty sure we did it in the old one. Just good. I guess this comes to journalism practice. Yeah. But also science practice. So basically, uh, the Sunday Post got hold of a manuscript. Um, if you're unsure of the, the, the publishing process, before you publish your paper in a journal, it needs to be peer reviewed. And before, and what you hand to those peer reviewers is called a manuscript. So it's preprint. Mm -hmm. It hasn't been reviewed yet. Um, so you can pretty much say that a lobster is a million arms and every one of them is called Gary. And that's fine. <laughs> but it has to go to be peer-reviewed. And then they can be like, no, that's that's bullshit. Um, so the Sunday Post got hold of a manuscript yeah. from Howard Dryden from the Global Oceanic Environmental Survey. But the problem is that they didn't check any of Howard Dryden's previous work, which is all unpublished, all unpeer-reviewed. We should have been the first kind of red flag. Yeah. Anyway, the paper says that 50% of all marine life has been lost in the last 70 years and the numbers are rising around 1% per year, which he has taken from other papers and is, you know, not too far off the truth. Mm -hmm. But then the newspaper takes this further than apparently even the manuscript went by claiming that the plankton counts collected by 13 ships and 500 data points say that even though they expect to find five visible pieces of plankton in every 10 litres of water, on average, they found less than one. And so they jumped to the conclusion that 90% of all plankton in the, in the entire Atlantic has died. Uh, yeah. So obviously our biosphere is about to fall to shit. But David Johns came in quick. He works at the Continuous Plankton Recorder Survey, which has been running continuously, as the name suggests, <laughs> since 1958. Nice. And he says, uh, as you said a few times, even though 500 data points sounds like a lot, it's, and I quote, a literal drop in the ocean, uh, considering they have collected over 265,000 individual plankton surveys, so data points, uh, in the continuous plankton recorder survey. So yes, was there a loss of plankton in these places? Yes. But are they considering other factors such as the northward movement of plankton as temperatures rise, 
um, the day-night movement of plankton, the diurnal cycle? Um, maybe not. You know, there's absolutely no other information there telling us why this is credible, when they were taken. Was it in a single spot? Okay, 13 ships, but what was happening at that time? Yeah. This is you know, the Atlantic like- is a big place, so... Yeah, there's a lot of like debates online about about like how accurate it is what they were doing. Uh, some people, some people saying like, well, you know, that is a some people would that's a good amount. Like 500 data points over 13 vessels is a good amount, but it doesn't say where they're collecting it from. Like, it could have been if the it's exact random. Some people same say, spot, yeah, yeah. Even if people would like said, oh, it was random. You can't do random testing on something like that because... I mean, you can, but you need to justify it. Okay, you have this area, right? And this area is too big, so you're going to randomly sample it. Okay, but why? Is this area more important than that area? Then maybe you should do that area anyway. Why are you randomly sampling it? Does it make sense here? But it it, it doesn't. Because things like phytoplankton, they're going to be differently distributed depending on, like... Where in the U, yeah, like distance to land, time of year, like longitudinal biodiversity studies are carried out in specific areas to try and like make up that. So just being like across the ocean, there is nothing biological terms coming out from you there. I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) Yeah, man, learning. We've been we've been having a weekly discussion (laughs) about (laughs) science. For the past nearly three years, yeah, like some things are sinking in. Oh, that's like maybe in a couple of years I'll go. Bet. I'll go for a degree in marine biology, just ace it. I think you could just do it. Yeah, yeah, I'll come back to you as well. And what's actually quite interesting, I thought about redoing is GCSE maths. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Because I, it's it's been so long since I've done any like proper maths. I want to start at the beginning and do like GCSE maths. Um, Work your way up. Yeah, so I bought the I bought the the foundation and the higher book oh. and i'm gonna work through them and see how we go i always found that fucking stupid sorry um <laughs> well there's, there's two levels of math the fact that okay your <laughs> teachers go okay this kid isn't doing as well as the others <laughs> yeah. so he's yeah. gonna do the lower tier which is yeah. fine right that's but even if you get a hundred percent right which c. means you should probably be in the upper one the maximum you can get is a c yeah. So it, the maximum so... you can get is like the lowest acceptable one going into university or A level, yeah. you know? It's, and it's, it's like so hard. So limiting. Like, I remember the maths uh, GCSE when we were doing it. I, because we did it in three states, because they stag them, don't they, in difficulty. And the last yeah. one is the most difficult. Um, I'd done so well on the first two that if I'd just gone in, wrote my name, and answered one question, I would have got a B on the final test. <laughs> Ah, oh, fair. Which is ridiculous to think. Is it? It is. Is how it works. Like it shouldn't work like that. You should like degree. You should have minimum forty percent on each yeah. thing to be able to pass. Oh well, I guess oh, they kind of count it as one paper, don't they? Is the is the thing? Yeah, they just split it up a bit. Yeah. Anyway, madness. Anyway. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing that gonna get oh, my maths cool. back on yeah uh if anyone's hearing that going math sucks and i suck at maths why would we go back and do that uh fair play yeah i because i want to go back through it and so not to, to <laughs> you know what? i'm not gonna say 
what I was going to say, because it's, it's a bit kind of throw someone under the bus. But some people that we knew really didn't enjoy maths going up. And I want to know, like, why and what happened as a, as a like, a, a study it me? through it. No, it wasn't you. Because <laughs> a lot of people have, like, I know people have sent me memes of being like, when you, this is TikTok. It's like when your father's trying to teach you maths, like doing homework and it's someone just like crying on a piece of paper yeah. that's just full covered in water. And I was like, I never, I never had that. So I think it, you know, you get very lucky with your teachers and the way they explain it. Hopefully they can explain it in a way. And if not, they, they have the ability to explain it in a different way. Yeah, it's not always easy with maths. Like, so for the ridiculousness of like foundation and higher, the thing that really griped me and really annoyed me is in higher, you are taught things that are shortcuts that if you talk to people on foundation, they would be able to do different and harder things. Yeah. 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 It's all about. Like when you're doing like equations, you start doing algebra and stuff, like what you can do, what anything you do to one side, you can do to the other. Like they don't yeah. teach that to like the foundation, and I was like, "This is such a cheat!" <laughs> like, it's I not can a just cheat. That's add... just a simple rule. Yeah, like you know I can I mean? just add but ten to, to both sides, and it's fine. I can just minus two x off this side, and I, I just have to do it to that side. Yeah, like yeah. so. It's, I it's so failed maths hard. What A levels uh, or at A level? Yeah, oh yeah, same, same. So I did the GCSE okay. Um, I was doing well and then last year it dropped off a lot I think I just didn't really get graphs yeah when they What's start the doing point? like logarithms um, I just yeah. I just couldn't get on board bless our teacher he tried he really did it just oh, wasn't going in my have? head who did you have? Um, Mr. Marchant well yeah I didn't want to dox him but yeah and no one's going to be able to go and be like work out who he is right, um, well, I'll try and remember to bleep it out anyway we'll know who we're speaking about <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people either loved or hated that man. Like people oh, really? didn't, didn't didn't get on with his. Yeah, there were people. So we used we had him at A A levels, and there were people in my class that absolutely hated him to the point where they they moved to the different class because they couldn't get on board. Oh wait, were we in the same class for maths A level then? Um, I don't think so. Oh, we might have- no, no, we weren't. There were, there were two because I had him as well. I swear. Bear in mind, I didn't turn up a lot. Yeah, I didn't fall. If you remember my situation at that time, wasn't yeah. particularly bothered with school. Um, mm-hmm. And I, but yeah, I flunked maths, hated it, still ended up in science as, you know, do what I want. So take that as a lesson. If you hate maths, if you think it's a cheat to know to add things to the same side, when you get to university, they just tell you how to do it on a computer. Yeah. So you don't need to know anything. It's just you go. You're jumping through hoops until they tell you, "Well done, you did it." And uh, now you don't need to. It's do it anymore, which is madness. It's anyway. So, we are, yeah, it's so ridiculous as well because <laughs> there's a graph I recently saw on uh, I believe it was Reddit, and it's just like basic math, arithmetic, equations, higher math, data size, and then it like drops off, and it's just like use it how to use Excel. <laughs> like, yeah. Just learn how to use like excel well with all the functions and you just don't need higher higher maths or anything like that it's ridiculous pretty much and if you go into science learn something like r or python yeah and that's going to get you a long long way and a lot further ahead than other people your age 
Yes. As well. Anyway, science tips with Tom and Mitch moves on <laughs> to the simulation hypothesis, um, which last week we introduced. So if you want a better understanding of where it came from and what it is, you can go check that out after this episode, of course. We would love for you to stick around and hear what we have to say. Um, but to kind of break down very basically, I think we came to this sort of conclusion. It's more of a thought experiment of how our reality is just a computer simulation. Yes. And it would be hard to perceive it as anything other than our reality since we're in it. Because we have to presume that in the future, at some point with advanced technology, we will make simulations of our past and say there are a million simulations, the odds are that we're in one simulation rather than the one real world. Mm-hmm. But again, that just assumes there's an equal chance of being in a simulation compared to the real world, which in reality, there's probably not. Because whenever you create a simulation, there are lots of parameters you put on. Uh, there's very few reasons you would simulate every single particle in a wave simulation for example so yeah but you're thinking like that's the hardest thing for us is like that but to the person that's doing the simulation that could be like easy easy street yeah 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 (laughs) i've got something along those lines to come on to later as well um I was asking now, it's on my mind. I'll probably forget otherwise. Uh, so, right. Imagine you're simulating primates, right? Yeah. Or early humans. And we have the power to do full-scale simulation. But we don't have the power to fully simulate consciousness, right? So let's just say you dumbed it down a bit to something that's good enough. That would suffice. Oh, uh, yeah. So we have like half the conscious power... The simulation is half the conscious power that we do. What if we're in that simulation? <laughs> well, we're we're working at half power. Well, if we are working at half power, I think we've done a pretty good job, to be honest. Yeah, I think I think we've done all right. It's it will suffice, and that explains a lot. <laughs> wow, brilliant! <laughs> it, it will it, suffice. Yeah, but then you have to bring it in. Like, how does evolution work in that simulation? Then, well, simulated, mate, programmed. Yeah, but is it being allowed to run its course or is it being intervened with? Like at each stage that evolution occurs, are they then being handicapped again and again and again and again? Well, it depends when they start the simulation, right? Let's say in the real world, evolution did happen. So they've simulated that into our simulation and then they've just started it at humanity to see what would happen, you know? That's true. Yeah. It depends when they yeah when they start and how accurate it is. If it's perfectly yeah. accurate and they can they nail everything down, then yeah. I think though the chances of being in the real world are significantly significantly higher than being in a simulation because of the parameters you would have to put on a simulation. Uh, com- if you're trying to simplify it or complicate it or whatever, you have parameters there. So yeah, but you would say that from someone that's in a simulation because you can't comprehend above your station in your simulation yeah exactly so i would say that you would say that i would say that indeed maybe it's oh i can't remember what it oh, it's like the you know like the doctor who if you wear a key around your neck for the tardis people can't see you or there's something that if you get close to it like just pushes you away and you think of something else to do 
Yeah, like uh, the... Hogwarts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Essentially yeah. that. Imagine we've got that, but due to this, like the simulation theory. Well, so oh. like when we get close enough to think that we are in a simulation, there are boundaries in place that have been baked into us to like not do research and not go into it. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be so, interesting. You know what I think? Um, I guess this leads us on to the whole, well, we're already talking about it really. Could the universe even be simulated? And these are some questions that come up along that, that yeah. vein. Um, and I guess it's a very important thing to actually think about in this thought experiment, because if any of these things are right, you kind of have to assume we would be in it. I know, as you said, very correctly, I would say what I, I would say <laughs> yeah. uh, about us, you know, the chance of being in the real world is a thousand times more than not. I mean, whatever that number might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seems logical to me because, you know, let's say, imagine Judge Dread type mega city Earth. Yeah. A billion births a minute or an hour, something like that it's more likely you're in the real world. Yeah. Compared to a simulation. Um, but as you say, maybe it would be sensible to program that into your logical thinking. Yeah. Like, um, in, in the matrix, kind of ask, there are things yeah. that like push them away. All the machines are in the simulation and they track down and, you know, kill <laughs> the people that have started to notice that they're not in a simulation anymore. Like if That's Agent wild. Smith like rocks up at my door because we've been chatting about simulation theory for too long, I'm not going to be happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you, so it's kind of like the Truman Show when you speak about that thing. They, he had actors, right, steering him back towards the narrative, the island. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, have you heard of the Truman Show syndrome? Is that what people think that everybody around them is an actor and they people are the think they the are Truman? It's very they are in Truman's position. Like, yeah, but very... I don't I don't know if they do it out of like an egotistical position or just they've got in their own head. But the right. problem is you can't convince these people they are not in that situation, right? Yeah, because they are in a delusion. Let's is it, say is it delusions that they of grandeur? Are, is, is that yeah, so they wholeheartedly believe they are in that situation. So you just got to kind of wait for them to either want to accept it and still believe it and function like a normal person or just kind of work their way out of it themselves because any other way, they're going to believe that you're not there to genuinely help them, you know? Yeah. Like I said, you would say that if you're in a simulation. <laughs> exactly. Like, I would yeah, say they, that, they yeah. would say that. Like, maybe, maybe we ban that phrase. What you, what you would <laughs> say. <laughs> it is true. I think it we could true. use that to like against normal people in like a normal argument. <laughs> be like, no, you can't eat that biscuit. I'm like, well, you would say that if you win a simulation, wouldn't you? Yeah. Jeez. Okay. That's. I think that's the conversation winning <laughs> statement. What if you're losing? Just pull that out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Love. Perfect. Um, so simulation our current understanding. Trailer of the universe I think dictates that we it would, might be impossible to simulate the entire thing because we lack the power until maybe we get something like a Dyson sphere but even then you're devoting a lot of the energy uh, into that simulation yeah so then that brings on one, like... one thing forward sorry which is 
what if you didn't have to simulate the whole thing? You just had to simulate the interactable layer. Yeah. Right. So we're looking at the night sky around Earth, but we don't have to simulate everything in the universe. We could just simulate a sphere around Earth that they look at through telescopes and stuff. And then when they decide to venture to the moon, we'll create that corridor so that they can go and then we'll unsimulate it when they go back and just put the picture back, you know? Yeah. Like the same thing with a, a microscope. Okay, yeah, that chair you're sitting on is made of wood, but uh, and you can knock it and it there's, you know, yeah, some haptic feedback through your suit in your little tank that makes you think it's real, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when you get the microscope out, they then simulate the particles of the wood. Yeah, so we that's that's it's like um games design it, it, it's yeah. done in, it's done in game design to make the game more more game make games uh less process heavy and more efficient and you can either do it in three-dimensional spheres around the player so around us or you do it in cone of vision <clears throat> cone of vision is a bit harder because you need a very quick load in load out time because if, right. if i spin yeah. my head you didn't then need to make what's left of me appear but there's a lot of ones that are like in your sphere and then with your sight line, the further you get out, the the less details it's loaded in. So yeah. that's like if I was looking at the horizon, things on the horizon would be like pixels, so they wouldn't bother rendering in that much. But like things closer up, they render render in really detailed. Yeah. But do you do that for every single person, or do you do it for me? Because well, that's the I, other thing. I am Truman in this situation. Yeah, we are all Truman. Until proven otherwise. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. So, uh, so I'm sorry if we've triggered any Truman Show syndrome for anyone out there. I've sent Tom a link, but there's a, a GIF uh, two images down that shows what I mean in like quite accurately. And it's for, I believe, Skyrim or Horizon Zero Dawn. Um which is how they load in and load out stuff from your point of view ah. if you're playing. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So basically you, it's showing yeah, a massive field of view like what you would see from the mm-hmm. screen and then either side of that is like you know 10 meters worth of terrain that's loading in as you scan left and out on yeah. the right-hand side. So you render in and then you cull out the thing that isn't being viewed. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but with this whole rendering and scenario, you're assuming that whatever simulating us isn't super efficient. It needs that kind of power. Yeah. So that's another stipulation in your in, in your argument. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> it is the people doing the like maybe it's like the whole universe is simulated. How about that? Maybe it is. Yeah, maybe it is, but we won't know until we we get there. Maybe we're just in a petal of a rose in Manhattan. What if black holes are the exit? Maybe. And the first person who falls through <laughs> one, right, the whole universe stops, like confetti just appears. And it's like, Gary, you won. <laughs> Winner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's got their party hats on. Yeah, that'll be funny. If that ever happens, that's going to... That would be worth it. Yeah. All the agony we've gone through 
that would be worth it. I feel just lose their minds. I think because there's like, what's I the, think what's the they point? Would like, what would you do after? What's that? the point of living? I'm like, I don't know. I have, I have day to day. I have fun, and the point of my existence isn't just to get through a black hole. Like, I can continue having fun. Yeah, yeah. we're working towards the black hole shot without even realizing. Yeah, like you know, listen, collectively, listen to some music, play some video games, play some board games. Yeah. Well, look, if World War Three starts, then we're just going to delay that anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah. climate change, all of that good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the thing? Get me out of this effing asshole. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Back <with> me. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> all um, right. Yeah. Um, See, so yeah, that's just a couple of points on whether the universe could be simulated. And you're right. I think it depends on power how many people you're simulating consciousness and your scope of simulation, as you correctly said, field of view slash circles and definition, right? Mm -hmm. How often are people looking at, you know, when people turn on the large Hadron Collider, uh, wink, wink episode two weeks ago, (laughs) um, they can like okay they're looking at really small particles that you know they've not looked at before so we'll just create that then and there you know imagine like the person in charge of simulation absolutely panicking like why these idiots looking at something so small quickly cobble something (laughs) together make something make something quick (laughs) quarks it's it's a five leveled quark why not throw that in there (laughs) then they have to look back at thousands years of years of notes to make sure that's that's canon you know, it fits in canonically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, with the rest there's, of there's physics. This pentaquark, phys- the rest of the physics. Yeah, this is the first that's, time I've seen it. Yeah, that's fine. That's why the theory of gravity, uh, or relativity, sorry, and quantum mechanics doesn't li- line up. I reckon yeah, it's just one of the agents of the simulation <laughs> just suddenly went, made a reflex decision. And yeah. it didn't add up canonically. So now they're like, well, we'll, we'll pull this back in at the tail end of the arc. Yeah. And yeah. it will make it, sense. It's full shitty DM syndrome. Be like, yeah. And so the story's ended. You can click like, yeah, but how about what happened to the, that woman? Oh, I don't need to matter. What happened no, to the, that, that happen. guy that wanted us to go? Yeah, no, it didn't matter. No, that's, that's all gone now. That's my Just like the by. opposite of railroading. <laughs> yes. Like if you've got railroading on the far left and shitty DM syndrome on the far right, you know. For those that don't yeah. know... Railroading in DM is when, uh, in D and D, is when the dungeon master really wants you to go a certain way. So we'll put so many blockers that it forces you to go in that direction, or just teleport you there. That's what railroading is. Yeah, like is. you're on rail tracks instead of yeah, a free road. Instead of like an, an open environment where you can go and talk to anyone, explore anything. It's like, nope, you are going here, and it's just a, a monologue, really. Which I've, I've yeah. found. I've never played yeah. with a railroad in DM before, though. So I, I don't know how it feels. Would you like to? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, All right. <laughs> All right. Um, what else you got then? So I had a look at the the anthropic principle as a sort of a counter argument to the simulation theory. Okay. So the anthropic principle is a philosophical. See, this is why I said like simulation theory is a philosophical argument. But the anthropic principle is a philosophical premise that any data we collect about the universe is filtered by the fact that for it to be observable at all, the universe must have been compatible with the emergence of conscience and sapient life that observes it. 
Yeah, but you would say that you're in a simulation. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Um, so, so perfect. So perfect. Oh, um, so in other words, scientific ob- observation of the universe would not even be possible if the laws of the universe had been incompatible with the development of sentient life. I mean, I get what it's saying, right? Yeah. But I think physics would still exist and the laws would exist if humans didn't exist to observe them. It's just like they would never be written down and spoken about. Yeah. They still exist. This is the argument, is that the the, the principle of the argument explains explains why this universe has the age and the fundamental physical constants necessary to accommodate conscious life since if either had been different, we would not be around to observe in the first place. So as a result, outside the narrow range thought to be compatible with life, it would seem impossible that a life could develop. So this so, is your argument for or against the simulation? Oh, uh, no, this is another to throw into the ring. So you've got uh, a bunch okay. of people fighting yeah. in the ring of like his simulation theory, his okay. hologram theory, his... Yeah, I've heard constant. this argument as like... Because it's Planck's... Planck's constant, isn't it? The expansion of the universe being yeah. a very, very specific number that kind of allows us to view things. Yeah. Um, no, Planck's constant, sorry, is a distance, isn't it? Yeah. yeah there's some uh, another thing I think you mentioned that I can't, I can't remember right now. But yeah, the people have said, oh, well, this is so precise. And if this was any different, our universe would be wildly different. No, that it didn't work. It's, yeah. So they're saying because it's so specific the universe designed it that way for there to be sentient life to observe itself. Because what would or be the point? Would sentient what would be the life point otherwise? just be different? Hmm? Or would sentient life just be different? Nah. No, because then it would be... We're imagining sentient life can only come in this form for now. Right? Oh, no, because, no, because it's any sentient life being able to observe the universe. Right. Because it doesn't matter if it's like we are testing the physics or if it, there was a a species of blobs with eyeballs, they would still be observing the universe in its majesty. Um, exactly, but I'm saying, what if this constant was slightly different and our universe was entirely different because of that constant being different? Would life maybe find a way to form anyway? We say no, because life exists in a very narrow boundary as we know it. Yeah. But maybe we're limited by our knowledge of the past, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. This argument is like, well, what would be the point of the universe? Yeah. If nothing was here. If nothing, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it kind of makes it, it kind of anthropomorphizes the universe itself. Yes. Into like, it has to have a purpose. It can't, yeah. just, it can't just exist. And I think until the 19th century maybe 20th century that was so ingrained in human culture all all human cultures right there is a reason we're here especially if you think about yeah uh western cultures from from christianity right there is a reason that we are here specifically so i think in a way we are still kind of geared towards having a reason for things to exist and to happen. And a lot of people really struggle with the idea of oh, it can just happen. randomness of space yeah, yeah, yeah. and like coincidence. And people are like, no, it's too much of a coincidence to be coincidence. And you're like, yeah, that's 
<laughs> I get what you mean. Yeah. I, and I totally understand. And people really find it hard to get past that. But the yeah. thing is, so many potential coincidences could happen. One of them has to. You know, if there's a meteorite flying through space and there's a million of them and a lot of them cross the path of the telescope, <laughs> one yeah, of yeah. them might hit one it, right? Them, you may think yeah. that's just a coincidence, but that meteorite had to cross something's path, Eventually. even if it was empty space, Yeah, at some point. And it just so happened that's where we put the telescope. So, yes, it's coincidence, but it could have been a coincidence with another thing. Like, coincidences at some level are inevitable. It's just which one occurs. Yeah, just like Thanos. Just like... He's a snap of the fingers, purple then, thumb boy. Yeah, he's just an, he is an inevitability. I he am is inevitable. Inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the Thanos uh, goes to click his fingers gif and then there's the drug dealer from Breaking Bad? <laughs> what, Walter White? No, the Mexican one. Oh, yeah. The cartel. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's just crushing up the stones. Yes. Oh, it's <laughs> so well edited. If you haven't oh, seen that, uh, random pop culture, go find that gif and yeah. do yourself a favor. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Fair. So, that's what, like, and do you know what's quite really interesting about this? This whole thing is it was, we broke it down last week and just said it just it always devolves into philosophical arguments about yeah. what we can deserve, what we can't, because there's no way to accurately do any scientific research for this. True. As I think we said last week, it's more of a thought experiment, isn't it? Yeah. And as we know, you, just, it's unfalsifiable. Like philosophy, <laughs> philosophy is a load of crap and just, you know, old white men with a lot of money who didn't have to work could just sit and pontificate with themselves. Well, I, I don't think so. I think there was a stage where that's what it was. Um, yeah, especially... But if you go yeah. back a couple of thousand years, no. And those really were kind of the leaders of, let's say, technology of the time. Uh, Mr. Aristotle. Aristotle, yeah. Plato, all of these great, yeah. Alexander great the Great people. inherited it from Plato. Yeah, um, exactly. Socrates was in there somewhere. He was. Um, um, there's a really good philosophical book from India a couple thousand years ago. I can't remember the name right now. Um, but yeah, India did a lot of, had a lot of uh, philosophy floating around at that time as well. They did some really cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, Frederick Nietzsche. Another one. Frederick. Yeah, Nietzsche. Is it Nietzsche? I can never know what the president is. Me neither. Honestly, philosophy names are not not my strong point. Um, So while it's a thought experiment, there are some assumptions that have come up. Right. So we can't prove... I'm not a fan of assumptions because I never agree with them. (laughs) Well, let's see what we've got. If you agree with A, then you have to agree with B. That would have to be true. Yeah, here we go. But assumptions are important, especially in, uh, like, let's say, climate change, right? If if the CO2 levels rise in the ocean, the assumption is that temperatures will rise. And that's just true. We haven't seen a case where that isn't true. Yeah, it's still an assumption. That's not an assumption, though, is it? It is. It is 
technically an assumption. Yeah, that but is not an assumption like, that is being made. That's, I would say that's a scientific assumption because okay, it's based, well, it's based is a on philosophical data. One, so These are philosophical assumptions, <laughs> which are based on nothing. Um, <laughs> the one that we talked about before is that it would be possible to simulate the entirety of consciousness. Yeah. Um, so that would have to be true. So basically, these assumptions in this case are these things would have to be true in order for a simulation of the entire universe to occur, or at least our portion of the universe. So yeah. you'd have to be able to simulate consciousness. As I said before, maybe we're only simulating a portion of it that's needed. You know, they always say we're not using 100% of our brains. Maybe the subconscious is the part we can't actually simulate properly. So it's just dormant. Never thought of that, did you? It's because it's stupid. Assumption number two. Technological progress will not Sorry. stop anytime soon. Can you go back to assumption one and run that yes, past me again? Yes, we can. Um, run it past me Run it past you again. Yeah. They always say we don't use 100% of our brains, right? Yes, but no, that's not. And uh, we don't use one hundred percent of it at the same time, but we use one hundred percent of the material for it. I know, I know. I was, it's just pop culture memes, isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, what's the Joe Scarlett Johansson one? Oh, <laughs> that's such a stupid. Is it not? It's not. Soul. Yeah, it's a movie. What is it? Uh, Alice? Is it? It's got um matey boy. It's got Morgan Freeman. Morgan in Freeman. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she turns herself into a USB. Lucy, you got, Lucy, you got it as a, 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 a woman's name. I yeah. knew it was a single name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so, so. Yeah, basically, his... people believe that. Like, you don't. We don't use. We only use like ten percent of our brains. People say that, and you you see it in uh, the top third world country in the world, the United States of America. Um, that that's yeah. People still believe that. And I'm sure people do all the around the world as well. Um, so that's such just a, not true it's not a, true as you complete, you're completely great. right we use 100% of our brain some of that is dedicated to conscious some of that's dedicated to subconscious some of that's dedicated to keeping your heart going and things like that um, but yeah so basically you need to be able to uh, simulate all of it and my joke was maybe they don't we don't use 100% of our brains because we can't simulate that bit yet the subconscious is the unsimulatable. But it's wrong. Take your silver hats back off. Yeah. Assumption number two is that technological progress will not stop anytime soon. Now, judging by the last century or so, we can assume that would be true, right? Yeah. We're going to keep progressing in technology. I don't uh... know how... Forever? For what that's going to look like. No. It just says anytime I... soon. Anytime soon is... Yeah, okay. Yes and no. Anytime soon, no. But it's not going to keep progressing forever. Not forever, but do you think we'll get to, like, Star Wars? Yeah. I reckon... I reckon if, if we don't kill ourselves first, I reckon we can get to Star Wars level. The Great Filter. Episode number two. Go check that out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Dyson Spheres, something like that. Mega structures surrounding a star to harvest its energy. Uh, when do you think the first star will become like a protected habitat? You know, like we have protect marine protected areas and protected oh, forests. Oh, not for like millions of years. Millions? Yeah, millions. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, sorry, mate. Millions? Upload. Yeah, millions. Because first we have to get like space travel, get enough of us in space to have societies in different locations. And then 
have enough of a care to be like, oh, we're running out of sun, so we need to protect some. Yeah. So, Do you reckon we'll get to the point, you know, like we have like untouched tribes in the Amazon rainforest that aren't yeah. allowed to be contacted. I think Do you we reckon are, well, I we'll think get to a point in that. the future where either <laughs> we are that, we are that <laughs> yeah, right, I think we are because that. we're too destructive, or we'll get like we'll start spreading out, then one colony will get lost, cut off for like a thousand years or 2000, and then they'll be cut off for so long they're considered like a protected tribe and they can't get off their own planet. I think with that. Maybe, I think we're you, there. Okay, that's what we are. That's fair. I think that's a fair assumption. Yeah. Um, the third assumption is that advanced civilizations don't destroy themselves. So we've just covered that. Uh, the fourth assumption would be super advanced civilizations actually want to run simulation, simulations, simulations of their past. So I think that's fairly, we, we could say that would probably be true. We're running simulations all the time. I think if historians could run simulations, they would mm. like this. Um, obviously the ethics that they have to go through aren't as rigorous as today's standards because, you know, I've lived in some shithole houses. So if they knew that was going on in their simulation, they wouldn't be allowing that through the ethics board. Um, Five, if there are lots of simulations, probability suggests you're in one. And we talked about that a couple of times as well. Um, That assumes a one-to-one ratio between all simulations which I don't think is true. You could have one that's populated by a million consciousnesses and one that's populated by one with simulated like P- NPCs around, non-playable characters. Sorry for you less nerdy people than me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, those are the five assumptions that people sort of agree on that would have to be true for simulations to exist and for us to be in one if you were counting... The fact that since there are so many probabilities suggest we're in one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that, that's what I've got on that. So uh, one of the reasons yeah. I don't like cascading assumptions because it kind of, it doesn't give you an opportunity to say or argument or put something else there. It's just like, oh, so the next thing must be this. It's like, well, no, the next thing doesn't have to be that. Like, oh, because A equals B, B equals C. And it's like... Yeah, no, it doesn't. I think these are assumptions that would have to be true if we are in one, right? But I don't think it's saying because these are logical, yeah, they are this true, goes, this goes thus back, we are in one. This goes back to my like one of the other first arguments that I have against this is this is using human bound logic to make the steps to think that we're in a simulation. Yeah. Whereas if we are actually in a simulation, it doesn't work <laughs> because but it, it the, the the entity an entity above us outside the simulation is not going to be using the same logic we are yeah probably but i guess this is the best we have right now right like the laws of physics we had 100 years ago are different to now because we've updated them so you can imagine these let's say assumptions will update as our technology progresses and we understand more about simulations and potential power and quantum computing because this is just assuming normal simulations you know this isn't even assuming quantum simulations right which probably change a few boundaries Mm -hmm. i would imagine so yeah wild stuff wild wild stuff uh anything else you want to speak about we've got about five minutes left anything you can cram into that yeah i'm not sure we covered it before but like you know we we we... (laughs) It's turtles all the way down. 
Um, right. And it's the contradiction that if a civilization is capable of performing simula simulations, then it would likely perform many simulations, which implies that they're most likely that we are most likely at the lowest level of simulation currently because we can't do simulations any further. So we are at the lowest point currently, <laughs> if that makes sense. So if, if we are in a chain of simulations, we are at the end with a stop currently. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. That, so if there's that, like, that's assuming that like, uh, this civilization has created a simulation, um, but at the same time, they could create one that can do sim like simulations and one that can't. You know, they could go for year nine thousand versus year, you know, five hundred. They could make those simulations simultaneously. Yeah, and but wait I think for them to progress, and then the, the, then the one the bigger, that's nine thousand years behind, you'd be like, oh well. The biggest simulation hypothesis is like it's in like it's a chain of simulations that's infinitely going. It's like Russian going. doll simulations. Yeah, but currently, like, we can't do simulations. So does that? Because that's that's the. Oh, so even if there are parallel ones, it would always go down because at some point that simulation, if it's left running long enough, would be able to simulate themselves. Yeah. So currently, and then they would create another layer. Yeah. So currently, it's a contradiction and doesn't work. But if we are then able at some point to create simulations, it then, you know, when they're then no longer the lowest. And simulations normally happen a lot quicker, right? So when we create a simulation, we, we may see the first, you know, we may simulate the first, I don't know, 5,000 years, past 5,000 years in five days. So they would get there very quickly, relatively, but in their time, it would be slow, normal time. Mm -hmm. That's wild. That's a, that's a bit of a trick. I need to stop thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, there's a lot of Black Mirror episodes, which I think would be good for people to, to watch this, uh, to watch after listening to this. And the one that's like, there's a lot of prison-based ones, AI-based ones, and a lot of, arguments that have stemmed from that like is i know it's not ai ai is very very closely related to simulation theory because we're not going to be able to have simulation theory without artificial intelligence it's it goes hand in hand but one of the things is there's they're trying to create a an ai for the home and essentially what they do is they pull the neural network out of a human and put it in just a machine and that person is essentially just feels like they're living in a white box and that they've been They've been kidnapped and they're essentially like tortured into being a good house AI because they can just like fast forward the time for like a thousand days and they don't need to eat. They don't need to drink. They're just stuck there thinking for a thousand days by themselves. Uh, and then eventually she steps in line. I'm just like, <laughs> it brings that into to argument. Which one's the that? Um, I think that was one of the third season ones. It slightly rings a bell. I just don't remember it being about. Yeah, a, there's there's one season that is, is is just so AI heavy that I kind of got bored of it because they like they did the the dating app. Oh, it was in that season, was it? Yeah, the dating app and all that sort of jazz, and it was just like, okay, it, it's something AI. <laughs> 
because then it brings up the, the efficacy of is it ethical to then use perfectly simulated humans to do this testing because they're gonna feel the pain the, the emotional torture torment and then is it ethical to just terminate them okay when we're done yeah. season three had San Junipero in it San Junipero favorite episode so good yeah maybe season four that so had they just, the, USS they have to Callister just like put that put that server on a spaceship and fire it out <laughs> and then at the other end do like a download into a robot so we can see The Waldo White Bear be right back. Anyway, yeah, this is terrible podcasting. Me looking at Black Mirror <laughs> episodes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, terrifying stuff. The potential, but I guess that's the whole point of Black Mirror, isn't it? It's trying to kind of warn us of our kind of current state mm-hmm. of technology use and dependence. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, Black Museum is, two, is another start, one. Oh, Black Museum is a good one. Yeah, that's in the same yeah. sort of um, uh, arena as that one. Yeah, that's a very good one. Maybe I'll have a rewatch. Yeah, I think I think Black it's Mirrors. time. I think it's time. There, there's, uh, it's, I think I believe it's White Christmas. Uh, okay. Yeah. It come it comes up in White Christmas right at the end. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll give that another watch. I think. Yeah. Cool. All right. June two started filming. By the way, part the first two. One, yes. I mean, <laughs> still you will. The first one. <laughs> you will. We'll do a back to back. Nine hour stint. Oof. Is that how long it is? Four and a half hours. No, nah, it's not that long. Okay. I was well, say. maybe I don't know what he's going to make. You know, the second one. <laughs> I don't know how, but, uh, how much of the book he's going to use. We'll we'll do we'll, we'll bring I'll bring over my VR headset. We'll just sit there in our own VR headsets, watching it on a cinema screen. <laughs> yeah, next to each other, next to each other, popcorn in the middle. We'll occasionally touch hands. You know the classic romance. Mm-hmm. Okay, well with that weird, whatever the footnote that was, we'll end it there. <laughs> uh, don't forget to share this with your friends, families, co-workers, scientists, simulationists. Uh, or if you know the simulator himself, let us know what he thinks. Uh, every listen counts. If you want to find more fun information, science, I'm, I swear I'll start uploading more at some point when I'm slightly less busy. Apologies for that. Twitter at InfoEntropyPod, Instagram InformationEntropyPod. And of course, wherever you're listening to us now, but we're also available on Spotify, iTunes, and a few directories online. More are picking us up every single week so if you can give us a rating we really appreciate that anything else to shout out for you then mate uh if you can't share and you know how you have no friends when you go to sleep cue us up like four or four times four or five times on your spotify and then just put your put your turn your speakers off that still helps us so if you could do that Uh, you can do that if you have friends as well. You know. Oh, that's true. Yeah, like I'm not don't want to single out people that have got friends. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Well, yeah, you do that. Thank you very, very much in advance. So we have been the Information Entropy Podcast. Hopefully, we've helped decrease some of the information or entropy of the information in your lives. And if not, we'll try again next week. Yep. We'll catch you guys on the flip. Peace. Peace. <laughs>